Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. At the end of the day, if we're doing everything we can and, and we're using our talents and we're growing our talents and we're learning from our mistakes and we're enjoying the process, that's a win for us. And so there's nothing for us to really kind of plant our flag into and say, that's it. That's the one. It's the next project. It's the next day because it's hard, but forcing yourself to enjoy the process of it. To thrive in a rapidly evolving landscape, brands must move at an ever-increasing pace. I'm Matt Britton, founder and CEO of Suzy. Join me and key industry leaders as we dive deep into the shifting consumer trends within their industry, why it matters now, and how you can keep up. Welcome to the Speed of Culture. Up today, we're going to be speaking with a truly dynamic duo of six-time NBA All-Star Blake Griffin and former NFL center and three-time All-Pro Ryan Khalil. They've transitioned from sports into the realm of entertainment with their Los Angeles-based production company, Mortal Media. The powerhouse duo is making waves, securing a multi-year deal with Sony Pictures and even investing in an innovative animation studio. Blake and Ryan, so great to see you guys. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having us. Doing good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So... Before we kind of dive into what you're working on, would love to hear about the transition from sports into business. I've worked with several athletes who kind of got into the business world. Kevin Durant is an investor in uh, our company, Susie. And, you know, I know that sometimes it can be a little bit of a treacherous transition just for all the stigmas and things involved from being in professional sports to business. Would love to hear from both of you individually about that journey, if it overlapped with your professional careers and kind of how it led you to where you are today. So why don't we start with you, Ryan? and then we'll, we'll jump into Blake. Yeah, you know, I think like anything, we all start out as rookies and Blake and I have had long careers to really reflect on. And, and even while we were playing, Blake and I, as long as we've been friends, have shared a lot of what we've learned through our journeys and applied that to our own respective sports and really have tried to do that off the court and off the field as well. And so this endeavor is something that we're very passionate about. And so... The first thing we sort of did was sit down and say, well, what made us successful in sports and how can we apply that to this? And really from day one, we've done that. We've removed all egos. We've both Blake and I have great work ethics and know that just like anything, it's going to take a lot of work. And really in the early days, we were just sponges running around town, trying to meet as many people as we could, you know, successful people, people we looked up to trying to find mentors and really just learn. And we did that for a long time. So it's funny, you know, we've had some success now and and we've been able to get some projects up and running and we'll have a lot of people come to us and sort of ask us for help themselves and what the shortcut is. But it really, there's no secret sauce. It's 
putting your head down, it's going to work and doing it to the best of your ability. Yeah. And Blake, at what point during your MBA career did you start thinking about, I guess, what was next and more specifically the world of entertainment? Oh man, I started thinking about what was next my rookie year. We do this thing called transition program. And they had at the time, you know, a lot of those documentaries were coming out about broke athletes and everything. And they had a older basketball players come speak to us about average careers, three and a half years. You got to do this, you got to do that. And it scared me in a good way to start looking at stuff like that. That's not to say I immediately applied that, but it was sort of a thought. Ryan and I started talking about this in summer of 2015, I think it was. And like you said, like zero shortcuts. I think one of the best things for us that right away was the one thing we knew was what we didn't know. And we, it just kind of allowed us, like on the flip side of also being sort of a rookie in this new space, like it allowed us to ask those questions that some people might not ask. Right. You didn't have the curse of knowledge, so to speak. And honestly, to that point, it, it allowed us to sort of innovate a little bit in our methodology and how we went about things because we sort of kind of came into it a little bit naive and we get away with more traditional or seasoned producers saying, well, that's not how you do it. And us sort of asking, well, why? And then going about it. And how do you guys know each other? Just when it's oral mutual friends. Oh, wow. Okay. I, mean, I think we met a lot. 2010, I think it was when we first met. Yeah. So I guess walk me through how Mortal Media came to be in 2015. What was the first step you took to launch the business? And why entertainment? And what was the vision behind the, the business? The short of it is, even though Blake and I had been friends for some time, neither of us really knew that the other were pursuing this in our respective off seasons. And it really, the two of us coming together didn't happen until Thomas Toll of Legendary, who knew us both, was sort of really enamored with how we were going about it. And I think, you know, there's a lot of athletes who like the idea of playing in the movie business. And I think for Many of them, it's more of a vanity thing, and they like the idea of putting their name on a poster. Blake and I were really spending a lot of time running around trying to understand the business and really figure out how we could best be effective. And so Thomas was the one that sort of suggested, I really like the way you guys talk about it. I really like the way you guys approach it. I think it'd be different than maybe other athletes trying to transition I think it'd be interesting if you guys did it here at Legendary. And so he sort of gave us our first look deal. Blake and I met with him. We had dinner that night and we just sort of ping pong back and forth, you know, what a company might look like, how we might do it differently. We sort of really laid out a lot of the challenges that were going to be ahead. And one of the biggest ones was knowing that we were going to be fighting a, a stigma of being athletes and being outsiders. And so we really kind of put a plan in place and just hit the ground running. And yeah, that's sort of how it came to be. What was it about, I guess, the original pitch or vision that was and is different? What are some of the ways that both you guys see the world different when it comes to the entertainment landscape? Well, I think just for one, like our, our biggest thing that we talked about early on was establishing that this was like something that we, I think the way that we got into it was like, hey, for the first couple of years, we're just going to be meeting people. We're going to try to get into rooms. We're going to try to impress people with our knowledge and and not just like Ryan said earlier, trying to slap our name on something and put media release out there and say, oh, we have a production company. I don't think people really knew we had this publicly until maybe like a couple of years ago, or maybe when we started like releasing the reads and sold some projects here and there. But even then we didn't do much around it. And for us, it was very important to make sure that people knew that this was something we were passionate about first, first and foremost. 
And for us, like a lot of times when we're looking at projects and we have, we come up with ideas, it's when we watch this, so I know it's so elementary and it sounds somewhat corny, but like it has to start with that because to this day, we haven't accepted anything that, that we didn't feel very, very strongly about. And the beautiful thing of it is, is if something didn't go early on, we've now been able to come back to some other stuff now that we've had a very small amount of, of success and I got a couple of things off the ground. So forever evolving just because, you know, after we got these first two things made, we, Ryan and I were sort of talking, we're like, man, like, I wish we had trusted our instincts on this, or I wish we had done this. And it's all just important learning lessons for us, just because, you know, when you're making something that you're passionate about, you don't want to cut corners. So I think like at the base of our company's values, it's really like having a lot of passion for what we're doing. And as we gain more and more experience, as we gain more and more credibility, it's about putting our foot down when we see something creatively. We all have instincts. If we don't feel like something working, then like this be more bullish about it. Let's make sure that we voice our opinion because for the sake of art, for the sake of making something great, like you don't ever want to have to sit back and be like, man, I wish I'd said that. Yeah, you need conviction in what you're doing, right? Yeah. And then on the business side, I would say we talk about knowing our challenges of the athlete stigma. And, and so with the sports background, we knew early on we were going to be pigeonholed and to only be able to play in the sandbox of sports-related content. And true to that, everything we were sort of being sent was the next Rudy, the next Hoosiers, the next whatever. With the exception of White Man Can't Jump, we've really tried to explore genres and things that Blake and I both love and all the touchstones and things that really inspired us to get into this. In the sports background, we did sort of lean into our experiences and our strengths and what we've been able to accomplish in that career. And so when you really look at the entertainment business, there is a lot of crossover and ultimately the job of a producer is to sort of be GM. And Blake and I always joke with our respective sports and teams how we would do things differently if we were GM. And this is the perfect opportunity to do that. And so we are putting the team together, so to speak, and we're managing a long, long season that nobody gets to see. And we're having to deal with a lot of different kinds of personalities, which we've done for many years in the, in the sport world. It's a grind every single day. It's a grind and it's a long, long road. And there's that. And then also too, you know, Blake and I failed time and time again. This town isn't short of rejection and there's a resiliency we've built up over the years that we're able to apply to this. And so we don't get discouraged easily and we're able to fail and quickly learn from it and push on. And, and so that's something that I think has been different. And at least I see that has sort of been our strength that maybe the next company might not have. Absolutely. I mean, the parallels to sports and business are just everywhere. I wasn't a professional athlete. I wasn't even a good Little League athlete, but I always talk about the importance of teamwork and, and bringing the right people onto the team and leadership and conviction and resiliency and all the things that you guys are talking about. So I can definitely see the connectivity for sure. So you mentioned a couple of the projects. So let's get deeper into the business. Talk to me about what those projects were, what you learned from them and how they're helping drive your vision for the future of Mortal Media. The first few years we really spent sort of being students again. There wasn't a lot of projects that got off the ground. Blake and I really tried to come up with concepts in-house that we could then go out and find those with real skill sets in writing and storytelling to help us build out. And then we also met with a lot of writers and creatives who had ideas of their own that we got really excited about and 
sort of said, we'll do anything to help shepherd this idea and be a part of it. So again, there's a lot of projects that we sold around town, off the pitches, proof of concepts that we built out. We didn't hire a PR firm early on. We just sort of said, we're going to keep our head down and really try to figure this out. And so we thought that was sort of the pinnacle once you sold something, which is a feat in and of itself. But then there's the whole development process. There's the, what else can you bring to this to make it sort of a whole package that we could then green light? So that was a whole nother phase that we had to try to learn that we realized pretty quickly, oh, you don't just sell a pitch and now you're on a golden paved road to production. So yeah, there's a, there's a ton of projects nobody knows about that we set up stuff in comedy, stuff in sci-fi, TV shows, features with some really talented seasoned veterans. So hopefully one day we can go back to some of those. Those projects that no one saw on the trades or that nobody's ever heard of, the town has. And so that allowed us to have more credibility in the next meetings that we got going. And so, you know, our first big TV show was Hello Tomorrow for Apple TV starring Billy Crudup. And then obviously with Kenny Barris and Calmatic and Jack Harlow, we did White Man Can't Jump. But those were long, long, tedious roads that projects that preceded that were able to help us get it closer to the next phase of that, which is green lighting. Right. They talk about an overnight success uh, years in the making, and it sounds like it's very much a story here. It's people don't see all the losses that happen that don't make the headlines that lead to a project like White Man Can Jump getting live. So I'm a huge fan of both the original movie and the remake. Talk to me about White Man Can Jump and what it was like to be part of that project, why you had such passion for that project and how that project has fared. It was interesting for us. We had a meeting with Kenya Barris, just a general meeting with Kenya Barris in 2017 and talked about a lot of stuff, but we mentioned the idea of like how much sports has changed. The original came out in 1992. That was before the dream team sort of put basketball on the map globally. And we've obviously seen like how fashion has changed, but you know, somehow we're still having the same conversations around race and, and going on in the world today. That being one of my favorite movies growing up and Obviously, getting the basketball ties. It was also very interesting for me as somebody who comes from a, a mixed race family, you know, those conversations back and forth and, and sort of like always kind of wondering, like, is it really like, does it really have to be like that? So that was the original attraction for us. We went through hoop after hoop after hoop, pitching to Kenya and getting a call on him saying, I'm, I'm doing a deal with Fox and we want this to be our first thing. And then the Fox Disney merger and, and Disney acquiring Fox. And it was like such a up and down, like a roller coaster ride. And I remember we, when we, the day we started filming, just kind of like looking at each other, being like, wow, I can't believe this is actually here. And for us, we wanted to put a movie together that addressed all those things, like I said. And, and the great thing about it, whether you're a fan of the original or, or you're a fan of the remake or not, I think the thing that we're most proud of is like the numbers, you know, the streaming kind of gives you a real idea of how something is doing, how many people are interested in watching it. And the streaming numbers have been great. Hulu and Disney have been, been very pumped about it. So all those things, like I said, were big learning lessons for us. And, you know, even when something happens, like Ryan said, I don't know that we necessarily consider it a loss. It's just kind of like, all right, we got to figure this out. You know, as athletes, we've been so used to very direct criticism. You know, you go into a film room after a game and you just get absolutely chewed out. I think that's something that we always do. Yeah, or you read the media the next day after a game, right? It's right. constant. You try to avoid that a little bit more. You can't really avoid the coach. Yeah. You know, it's just, we always tell people like, hey, like if something's not working, just you're not going to hurt our feelings. We've heard 
worse from a 10 year old kid in the stands than you can ever say it was. So I think that's sort of been a positive for us too, is having that shell that, you know, you're not really going to send us, but it's just about, it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. And I think that's what we've attached ourselves when it comes to yeah. business. Well, listen, I mean, that was definitely a, a huge success from, I think a, a pop culture standpoint is something that the remake I'd heard of over and over and over again. So obviously you broke through and you touched on a nerve of the zeitgeist with that remake. And I think it definitely set you up to what you announced earlier this year, which was a multi-year first look development deal with, with Sony Pictures Entertainment, which must have been, I guess, a step back while we've accomplished something moment. I know it's always hard to look at it that way when you're in, in the grind, but from an outside standpoint, it's a huge success and 0.001% of any production company ever really gets to that type of partnership with such a major partner. Ryan, how did that come about? And what do you hope to build on with the Sony Pictures partnership moving forward? I think the kinds of projects we've been developing aligned with some of the brass here. And honestly, I would say White Man Can't Jump's a big driver for that. That's such a touchstone in the culture. But it also, it's, the White Man Can't Jump was torn because it was built for a younger audience. Now, it was an audience that we, I think, did a good job tapping into. And so younger audiences absolutely love the movie. Older audiences were torn and mixed, which we knew going in, anytime you're going to touch a classic, it was going to happen. And so I think for someone like Sony, the success of that at Hulu, I think for them was exciting for us to sort of try to replicate that kind of success and do that in other projects here. So maybe it's the sports in us. Blake and I have been so brainwashed by team first. So as exciting as it's been to have that announcement and to sign, we're, we're also like, back in it, back in the grind, trying to do by and, and really come up with a big win. And so that's what all our energy and focus has been on. So it's been tough to, uh, to sort of celebrate that next jump for us. But yeah, we're, we're just, we're here to get going and replicate some of that. Yeah. And of course, Hollywood right now is in a kind of shaky spot with the writer's strike and all the other complications that come along with it. I imagine that is definitely impacting the way that you're approaching projects right now. Have you thought about going into documentaries or other things that allow you to, I guess, get around some of those restrictions that come with the Yeah, I mean, and even prior to the work stoppage, we were already way delved into all of that landscape. And so obviously our focus shifts to that where we're putting all our attention on that, but there's still opportunity ability for us to keep setting things up in terms of getting ready for once a deal gets reached, we can hit the ground running and get back to some of those other things that have kind of stole but yeah, we've been dabbling in it all and, and it's been fun. And again, similar, but two different landscapes. Sony has an incredible team here that we've been really getting to spend a lot of time with. So as much as it's been tough to feel like things have been stalled, it's been nice to kind of have a break from the kind of hustle of running around trying to sell projects and get projects set up to really sit down with a lot of the folks and learn a ton. We've already done that in a short period of time. So it's sort of been a blessing in disguise, at least for us in some aspects. We'll be right back with the Speed of Culture after a few words from our sponsors. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. 
From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Earlier this month, talking about keeping things moving forward, you all announced a an investment in Swaybox which is an animation studio of Louisiana. Like, how did that come about? And what is it about animation that you thought made sense to add to your overall portfolio at Mortal Media? Well, animation is something that we've been been super interested in. Ryan and I both have kids, like younger kids, and, and there's always a need for things that families can watch together. And Ryan brought this idea, uh, built this relationship and brought this idea to me about a year and a half ago. And the first time I saw their capabilities and then how everything works, I was like blown away. This is just a newer, fresher take on, on animation, cheaper, faster, which is never a bad thing for studios or for, for people putting in money. We've developed a, a relationship with them and thought it was a good idea to, to sort of put our money where our mouth is a little bit and show people that this is something we're all in on. So we're, we're really excited about some projects we have along with them. They have the ability to do something special and, and we're excited about that. Absolutely. So as we wrap up here, one thing that strikes me about both of you is you guys have had so much success in your professional careers, your professional sports careers, yet you both come off as so humble. Even the wins you've had to date, you're like, ah, that's not a big deal. We're focused on what's next. And that is in a world where so many young people who really haven't accomplished anything are flexing on Instagram like they've made it. And I just think it's such a lesson for younger people. It's if you have the drive to create something, you never really feel like you've conquered the world and you can kind of kick your feet up. And I imagine that's a, also a, a great lesson that you're teaching your kids as well. What gives you, both of you, that that drive to continue to want to build something? Because this doesn't seem like it's a vanity project. This is something, I feel like I'm talking to two entrepreneurs who haven't created anything in their lives yet. I think that's really admirable. I just want to say that. But what gives you, each of you, that drive to continue to push? For me, and I'll let Ryan speak for himself, but I think that's just, kind of comes from our sports background. You know, you can have a good game, but professional sports is so like, what have you done for me lately? Like, well, how was your last game? Your last game is what you're you're sort of known for. Even season to season, I remember finishing my rookie season and be like, oh, wow, I got that done. And then immediately, like the moment you have time to think, you're like, oh no, there's next year. I got to top last year. I got to keep going. And if you don't put in the work, you don't have a good work ethic. You don't continue to keep your humility in line with your actual talent, like you're, you're not going to truly accomplish what you want. So I think it's just sort of that background of like, there's going to be other people that are hustling. There's going to be other people that have great ideas. There's going to be other people that have relationships. So just because you've gotten one thing done or two things done, just because you had one good game, no one's going to just automatically hand you something. And I think that's kind of how we feel about the company is like, sure, you can have a win here, but that doesn't guarantee you anything, anything else for the future. So. Even if you tell us, like, this can't be made, we're not just going to throw that away and forget about it. We're going to keep going. That's just sort of been our minds. Ryan, anything to add on, on your conviction and your motivation? Yeah, and Blake and I share the sentiment, but I think the biggest thing is just 
defining pretty early what success is to you because, you know, life's full of peaks and valleys and, and sort of the arbitrary finish line changes. It changes culturally. It changes personally. Again, sports has been a great teacher for us. We both learned early on that riding the highs and lows like a roller coaster, it's just not sustainable. It's just too hard on you emotionally and physically. And so it really is something that it took a long time. We're both guilty of it, but you sort of fall in love with the journey You fall in love with the process, not the results. And for Blake and I, we get excited about challenges. We get excited about coming to work and meeting new people and finding new collaborators and coming up with new ideas and working through serious and not so serious problems and doing it to the best of our ability. And so for us, that's what we try to do in the sports world. And, and obviously it's different, but it's also the same. At the end of the day, if we're doing everything we can and, and we're using our talents and, and we're growing our talents and, and we're learning from our mistakes and we're enjoying the process, that's a win for us. And so there's nothing for us to really kind of plant our flag into and say, that's it. That's the one. It's the next project. It's the next day. Because it's hard, but forcing yourself to enjoy the process of it. Absolutely. So to wrap up here, I mean, is there one piece of advice that maybe each of you could share with our younger listeners here at the Speed of Culture podcast that maybe you're getting started at the beginning of their career and professional journey that they can one day end up in the seats that you guys are today, even given the fact that you feel like that your journey is still being written, which I agree. What one piece of advice would you give? Let's start with you, Blake. For me, whenever I talk to young kids, you know, youth programs and all that, I talk to young kids about like discipline. I just feel like that's like goes such a long way. Respect and discipline are two things that my dad like early on just drilled into my head. I always tell kids like it's a very stupid thing, but I always say like to young athletes, like make your bed. Like making your bed is the very first thing you can do every day. It's an task that you can accomplish that like sets you on track to being disciplined throughout the day with anything like sports. The more detail and the more attention you put into like the smallest details, and sometimes that stuff is very minute, very mundane, the more attention you can put into that, the better off you'll be. And I think it's the same thing when you're creating a project. If no detail is unimportant, then you've sort of thought of everything. You can sort of check that list off. So I think that's kind of like a mantra that I use professionally, personally, every different field is, is just be disciplined about it. And at the very beginning of that, you have to be passionate about something or discipline comes very, very hard. So make sure you're doing something you're passionate about. And if you are like, you don't want to look back and say, oh man, if I just like worked a little bit harder here or there, like don't let that be an excuse, let, every, let everything else externally be an excuse. So I think just having the discipline and the drive for, for whatever you're doing. Absolutely. Ryan? Yeah, I think I agree with all of that. And I would add two things. I would say, listen to criticism, listen to advice, listen to opinions. But at the end of the day, nobody knows anything. You know, if you really love something, if you're really passionate about something, you'll figure out a way to go about it. And yeah, it's a long, tough road. But if you really, 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 truly love it, you'll figure it out. And it, it won't ever feel like it's a challenge. It won't ever feel like work because it's something that you're very passionate about and and you'll find a way to get it done. Absolutely. I love that. Well, special thanks to both of you for joining today. It was great speaking to both of you. I have no doubt that you're going to continue to achieve tremendous success in your professional lives. And I'm really excited to see where you take Moral Media next. So thanks for joining. 
On behalf of Susie and the Adri team, thanks again to Blake Griffin and Ryan Coyle of Mortal Media for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Speed of Culture podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Till next time, see you soon, everyone. Take care. Speed of Culture is brought to you by Suzy as part of the Adweek Podcast Network and AGAS Creator Network. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. To find out more about Suzy, head to suzy.com. And make sure to search for the Speed of Culture in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click follow so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Suzy, thanks for listening.